Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. Once again, it's time for Let's Talk About Jesus, a media outreach of the Holy Church of God Incorporated, uh, originating right here in the Tampa area in Central Florida. Uh, We're so glad to be with you today. If you're a return listener, we just thank God that you have allowed us to be part of your devotional life and to help instruct you in righteousness (laughs) because we're bringing our messages from the Word of God today. Amen. And if you're a brand new listener, you've just come to our website to download or, or listen live from our website. We welcome you today. Anywhere uh, that you are hearing this web ministry, we're so glad to have this opportunity to share the glory of the riches of the inheritance of the saints. Hallelujah. And if you're not a Christian today, we would invite you to stay tuned. Maybe as we uh, learn uh, uh, about all of the glory of this great salvation that we have, that it will attract you uh, to, to open your heart to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior, repenting of your sin. You know, uh, Chuck Swindoll wrote in, the, in his book, The Grace Awakening, something that I think is really, really good to Today. He said, uh, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness, so God sent us a Savior. Hallelujah. I'm so glad to be able to call Jesus Christ my Lord and my Savior today, as well as my Sovereign and my King. Amen. We're talking about Christ in you, the mystery of Christ in us as believers today. going to read this from Colossians 1 and verse 27 once again. It says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Paraphrasing that, it says, For it has pleased God to tell his people that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. For this is the secret. Christ lives in you, and this is your assurance that you will share in His glory. Hallelujah. Going to read once again what C.H. Spurgeon said about this great truth and this verse of Scripture. He said, Oh, the riches of the grace of God, which it hath pleased the Father to impart to us in Jesus Christ. Christ is the mystery, the riches and the glory. He is all this. He is all this among us poor Gentiles. And we are made heirs of God. All things are ours in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the essence of the mystery is Christ himself in his person. It is Christ in all his glorious riches 
actually dwelling through His Spirit in the inner lives of His believers, His children. Hallelujah. I want to make some statements today. I want you to listen carefully. And and, uh, before I make the statements, I want you to hear this statement. If the average Christian understood this great truth and the ramifications of it and the spiritual power of this truth in our life, it will transform us from spiritual cowards to courageous, valiant warriors for Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a lot of people afraid of the, the culture's rejection. They're afraid of their their family's rejection if they stand strong in their faith for Jesus Christ today. We back off. We back away. We put our candle under a bushel instead of lifting it high to give light in this sin-darkened world. And I believe God wants us to stand tall today in our faith and in our fidelity to Jesus Christ. It's time, you know, everybody's coming out of the closet. It's the thing to do today. It's coming out is being applauded, even if the coming out is declaring our sinfulness. Friend of mine, it's time that Christians come out that we stand and be counted. And I believe this great truth of Christ living in us should should make us celebrate the difference that that makes in our life and the difference it should make in our in our view of what is important and 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 what is is compromise in in terms of our relation to the world around us let me make these statements to you then christ in you means you belong to him justified and accepted in the beloved The Bible literally says that we have been made accepted in the beloved in the book of Ephesians. And it simply means to be highly favored, highly honored. You see, Christ in you accepted by faith alone means that we are Christ possessed. We belong to him. When Jesus Christ is in you, the law cannot continue to condemn us. It can no longer condemn us because God, when you confess your sins and repent of them and receive Jesus as your Savior, God has declared us acquitted. We have been justified by faith in Jesus Christ. (laughs) And now we have become the children of the Most High God. We are not just old sinners saved by grace. We were old sinners. We have been saved by grace. But now, now we are the sons of God. And if sons, Paul said, then heirs of God. And if heirs of God, then we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. This is powerful stuff. And the average Christian, and I, 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 The more revelation I receive in the Word of God, the more realization of who Christ is in me and the more realization of who I am in Christ. Hallelujah. Christ in you also means that you can know Him intimately. I want to say that again. Christ in you means that you can come to know Him intimately. 
It means that Christ can be experienced in all his power. Christ fills your life with his holy presence and power. That which uh, just keeping the law could never do, Jesus does by indwelling you. You know, when you come to Jesus as your Savior, the Father comes in to indwell you. Christ himself comes in to indwell you as a believer. And the Holy Spirit comes in to indwell you. And that indwelling of the presence of God, Christ indwelling you, Christ in you, is the hope of glory to live with him forever to share literally his glory <laughs> when we get to heaven yes there's going to be crowns but we not one person is going to wear the crown uh, when we get there amen we'll wear the crown just long enough to lay our crowns at the feet of the one that made it all possible praise god jesus in you means that you serve a new master a new Lord, and you have a new life. Christ in you is his sovereign rule in your life. Christ in you is Christ's scepter from the center of your being over every facet of your personality. If we begin to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, Jesus will express his lordship by leading us constantly in the path of righteousness for his own name's sake. Jesus in you is his power bringing every thought into captivity to himself. Jesus Christ in you means the imperial sovereignty of Jesus over your life. We find freedom by being in submission to his sovereign hand over our life. We're free to serve God, and we're free from the slavery to sin. We're no longer slaves to sin. We have become children of the living God. Hallelujah. Amen. And because Jesus lives in us, we become progressively more like him. Jesus Christ in you and me means his filling us with his wonderful presence. Christ in us transforms our person until we are becoming more and more like Jesus Christ himself. And this is the will of the Father for every child of God, not some elite uh, super spiritual people. Every Christian has this destiny whom he did foreknow he did predestine the scripture said to be conformed to the image of his own son and the scriptures declare as we behold as in a glass or a mirror his face we are transformed into his image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. You see, when Jesus enters our lives and we yield to his presence, he transforms, elevates us to his likeness. The Apostle Paul declared, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So when Jesus enters in, he sanctifies us, he sets us apart for his own glory. Amen. This is the transforming power 
You see, the scripture said that we should not be conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind that we might prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Well, what is that good, perfect, and acceptable will? Whom he did foreknow, he did predestine to be conformed to the image of his Son. The supreme goal of the Spirit's work in your life and mine is to make us more like Jesus Christ, progressively from glory to to glory, progressively becoming more like Him until He comes. And when Jesus comes and we rise to meet Him, then we are going to know Him as He is, for we shall be like Him in every respect. Praise God. This battle with the devil will be over. This battle with our weak flesh will be over. (laughs) Amen. This battle with worry and fear and all of those things will be over forever. But right now we have his peace, we have his presence, and we have his power. Praise God. So therefore, because Jesus lives in us, we are assured of victory. Christ in you and Christ in me means his power through his presence is within us. We were without spiritual strength until Jesus came into our lives. We were dead in trespasses and sins in terms of any kind of relationship with or to God. But now, That has all changed. We've been reconciled unto God. Our sins have been forgiven. We have been brought into God's royal family where we cry, Abba, Father. And he acknowledges that we are his very own children. And so now our spiritual victory is guaranteed. Hallelujah. The devil cannot continue to accuse us before God. You know, that's his job. That's what he does so very well. He hates the fact that he has been rejected because of his rebellion, and we have been accepted in spite of our rebellious hearts when we receive Jesus as our Savior. We're no more rebels. We have been reconciled unto God. And so he accuses us before God. Revelation 12 says, Now is the accuser of our brethren cast down that accuse them before God day and night. He never lets up. Never lets up. I want to stop here just a moment. Remember the story of Job? And this whole scenario that happened to Job was because of his 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 really his righteous standing before the Lord, his his righteous deeds and acts, and yet an angel showed up that wasn't supposed to show up in the presence of God. A, a fallen angel was permitted. God saw him uh, coming up that corridor that Jacob saw where angels are ascending and descending, involved in the lives of people upon this earth and events upon this earth. And an angel, unauthorized, shows up and God allowed him to come for a purpose. And the angel came, and this angel was a fallen angel. His name was Satan. 
and he came to accuse all mankind, you and me and all of humanity, to tell God literally that we are not worth saving. We're not worth his love. We're not worth any kind of mercy from him or redemption from him. This evil angel that had rejected the sweetness and the kindness and the love of God and led a rebellion in heaven now is coming to accuse mankind. And he comes and he says unto God, and God asks him, what are you doing here? And he knows what he's doing there, but he wants to prove a point. To us here today, all of these, uh, uh, all of these millennia later, <laughs> and he says, he says, man, he says, man, if you didn't bless man, if you didn't put hedges around him, if you didn't keep him, he would curse you. He'd turn on you. He doesn't care anything about you. Man is is absolutely uh, irredeemable. There's nothing about man that is is worth your mercy. He's accusing. He's accusing. He's accusing. And God asked him, what about my servant Job? What about Job? And he said, he's no different from any of the rest of them. If you take your hedge from around him and let me at him, and to take those blessings you've given him, if you do that, he'll turn on you. He will curse you. Listen, God said, you know, you can... You, you can try that with him. But I want to use him as an example that man is redeemable and he is worth my mercy. And there are those among the kingdom of man that will receive my blessings and, and love me for it. And this whole thing began, the, the, the trials of Job. But it identified Satan as who he is, the accuser of the brethren and and friends only sinless perfection could keep us from being accused and we cannot obtain that but we can obtain justification even though we have sinned our sins can be forgiven even though our sins have separated us from god god came searching for us and Revelation chapter 12 says, Now is the accuser of our brethren cast down, that accuse them before God day and night. And this is the victory. This is the secret of victory over the accuser. And it is not sinless perfection because no one could achieve that. But it is a, a sanctifying blood of Jesus Christ when applied to our life and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony their confession of faith and they loved not their life even unto the death because they devoted their hearts to him because of what he had freely given them through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, what victory is ours when we realize what the suffering 
of Jesus on the cross has accomplished, what the shedding of his own blood has accomplished in our behalf today. Because Jesus Christ in you and me means his presence, his person, and therefore his power is in us. That's why the Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Jesus Christ, which strengtheneth me. Praise God. And this strength is not coming from above. It's not coming from beside us. It's not coming from without. It's coming from within. The Holy Spirit comes to indwell us. Christ himself comes to indwell us. God the Father comes to indwell us. We were without strength. And yet Jesus died for us that he might come to indwell us. We were dead in trespasses and sins, but now we have been reconciled unto God. And if you're pondering where you could even think about becoming a Christian because you couldn't possibly be free from your habits and hang-ups and live a Christian life. By the way, a Christian life doesn't mean that you don't have some hang-ups and that you don't need to break some habits. It means that you have the strength available to you to do it, the power to do it. And it all begins with being brought into God's family because Jesus can now live within us. As many as received him, the scripture said, to them gave he power in John's gospel chapter 1. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Jesus coming into our life gives us an authority that we could never have in any other way except Him sanctifying us through His own blood and therefore coming to live within us. And now, hallelujah, right now, we are the sons of God. And if sons of God, then heirs of God. And if heirs of God, then joint heirs with Jesus. So I want to end this teaching today with this statement as well. Jesus Christ in you and me constitutes the true riches of the believer. Spiritual blessings that far surpasses the transient riches of a fallen world. It means that we are spiritually rich. We were in spiritual poverty until Jesus came in, and now we have all the riches of Christ. We are rich because He is rich. <laughs> I do like the, the Amplified. It said, Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the case of unrighteous mammon, deceitful riches, money, and possessions, this is Luke 16 and 11, who will entrust to you the true riches? In other words, if you can't even be faithful with, with material things, who will entrust in you the riches of the kingdom of God, that you would exemplify it and share it with others? Understanding true riches is essential to effective evangelism. The awesome value of the blood of Jesus, the awesome value of eternal life. 
the indescribable joy of knowing Jesus intimately, and the sobering truth that all men will live forever somewhere, and the inestimable, inestimable worth of the human soul. There's no way to estimate it. Oh, friend of mine, to know that your soul has been saved, that you will live forever somewhere, and you know where that you're going to live forever and with whom. The value of being truly saved are the true riches of the child of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus Christ in you and me means we share his glory now and forever. It means honoring glory. He glorifies the place where he dwells even for a moment. If Jesus comes into your heart, his whole court comes with him. Rejoice, for you and I have him as a holy guest. People who value and love him can never, ever, ever be happy without him. These riches are ours because Jesus became poor so we could become rich. And when you see that word rich, oh, friend, God has blessed us with material blessings. The Father knows our needs, and He gives us food and raiment, and He tells us, because we have Jesus, therefore to be content with such things as we have. For He hath said, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will go with you all the way, even unto the end of the age. Jesus became sin that we might be free from sin's power and consequence. He was cursed that we might be blessed. Oh, how rich we are because of Jesus. He was punished so we could have peace. He took our place on the cross, my cross and your cross, so we could be declared righteous. Oh, how rich we are today, and how blessed and how honored Jesus Christ in us, the hope of all the glory that is to come, sharing, sharing the glory that really and rightfully should be His and His alone, and yet we're going to share it. Heirs of God means we are, <laughs> oh, friend, this is making me want to, I don't know, I, I, it's hard to sit still in this chair when I'm used to being more animated when I'm talking or preaching or teaching about something as powerful as this truly is. If you receive it by revelation from the Word of God, and you accept it by faith, and you acknowledge that you are in Christ, and Christ is in you. It will make you walk different. It will make you talk different. It will make you think different. And that transforming of our mind will transform our lives. And we will, we will recognize that we are indeed kings and priests unto God, and that we can reign in life, that his kingdom will be the kingdom that we are influenced by, not the kingdoms of this world or the kingdom of darkness, but the king of light and the king of glory. Oh, how good it is 
to know that today and to know it by revelation and to know what God offers us when he offers us the forgiveness that has been bought for us by Jesus on the cross today. And today I'm challenging you, if you don't know Jesus as your own Lord and personal Savior, and I want to make it clear I'm not asking, have you been baptized or sprinkled as a child? I'm not asking whether you have joined a church or whether you go or give faithfully. I'm not asking if you know how to quote Scripture. I've met those people that could quote it far better than me. I'm asking, do you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? Do you know that if you drew your last breath here, that you would draw your next breath there? That you have been truly born again? And are you walking in the glory and the light and the unspeakable, indescribable joy for the unspeakable gift we have in Jesus? And if you do not, will you run to Him today and receive Him right now, repenting of your sin as you bow before Him in your heart as your own Lord and personal Savior? He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door, I will come in and sup with him and him with me. Today, if you're a Christian, It's time that you acknowledge the difference it makes. Your sins have not just been forgiven. You have been indwelled. (laughs) Hallelujah. He's come to live within you. Yield to His presence. Acknowledge His presence, His person, and the Holy Spirit. And be empowered to stand and declare Him in a gainsaying world. And come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.